0: You're on City Radio. You're on City Radio. You're on You've been listening to Here on Here on City Radio. You're on City Radio. You've been listening to Here on City Radio's Midnight Hour. Greetings, lovers! Welcome back to the one and only Midnight Hour on Huron City Radio. Broadcasting from the largest body of fresh water anywhere on the planet. I'm Tom Babajomsky, alive and well, and not at the bottom of the lake after fire burnt through the hall. And I'll be your guide through the airwaves as we breach another bottle of vintage radio champagne and a drink till we're dizzy with, uh, I don't know, vertigo? No, that's not right. Uh, dizzy with delight, there you go. Still not sure exactly where I am, but well, at least I'm not cold or hungry. Now a word from tonight's sponsor.
1: Visit Dracuberg where it's Pentecost all year round. Why wait until the 50th day after Easter to celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit? Dress as your favorite apostle and get a discount on your two leaven loaves. And while you're here, check out one of the dozens of cafes serving bread soup Speck, Dracuberg, only an hour north of the Kitten's State. Is—is this—is this really a place?
0: Yeah, I, I've been there once. Uh, anybody want these spare tickets I have as part of their gift pack they sent? It's for their daily parade. Uh, two dozen of them. Uh, just call in. No questions or competitions. Just uh, please call in, and they're all yours or at least they put some of their bread soup in there, kept me from starving, and fixed the hole in the bottom of the boat. Right. Uh, Coming up tonight, we have all your favorites and some of mine with Tom's top tips, the weather from the bottom of the lake, Professor A.V. Moore, the competition winner, and of course, Tom's poetry pocket. But tonight we have a special edition of our phone-in. That's right. I could not be more delighted to announce that this week is international week. Yes, international foreign shores strange lands uh, across the ocean far and wide near and far up and down uh, zig and zag you know as you know from my tales i've I've done a fair bit of traveling myself from xanadu to lilliput brigadoon to shangri-la i've seen the world and well now apparently the world is seeing or well hearing us That's right, ever since Eric turned us into a podcast, well, we've been heard across many ponds and we are no longer just here in the kitten state. So we invite all of our friends from around the world to call in and tell us about yourselves and what it's like to live in a country that doesn't serve cheese with everything, a a nation that doesn't have more guns than it has blades of grass. So call us now, same number as always, 360-195-8013. And to start us off with our global theme, we have music all the way from Australia with a song that could have been written about yours truly. Here's Valley, Maine with There Was a Young Man.
2: While eating the food that we've grown i look in your eyes and see visions of stars And the fields that you sow when you seed in my heart When the children are cozy asleep in the nest I will lay down beside you, my head on your chest And I'll sing you the songs I once sang to the moon When I dreamed up a young
0: That was a nice change. I could hear all the words in that one. Australia, that, uh, Australia. that's near Scotland, right? Hmm? You sure? Yeah, okay. Well, without any further fannying around, we'll open the phone lines and let the world flood my ears with its multinational chat of many uh, international nations. And who do we have first on the line tonight? And uh, which country from
3: around our magnificent globe are you calling from? Hello, Tom Bobajowski. This is Ivan Kolushny, long-time listener. Now is the second time of my calling.
0: Oh yes, hello, Ivan. You you sound uh, you sound a little familiar.
3: Ah, yes, I, I hoped it uh, to be so. I was not long ago in calling your midnight hour. Uh, I would be worried if your brain had forgotten even so so quickly, huh? <laughs>
0: Well Ivan mean, it has been a rough couple of weeks. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that comrade. Uh
3: Hey
0: uh, you were you were selling machine guns weren't you? Uh shoot guns. <laughs> yeah that's right. You were trying to get to San Francisco. Florida. Uh okay. Uh, how's that uh, working out for you?
3: Oh not so good Mr Bobojobski. It seems uh, your show has not, uh, not as many listeners as, as I think you has, or, or somehow uh, perhaps my customers have not gotten through. Yeah, well, it was
0: Eric doing the connecting of people, so it's hardly a stretch of the imagination to believe that he balls that up
3: somehow. Yes, yes, Ivan was very, very disappointed. I only sell three shotguns. There's still a long way of going before I get to Mouseworld. Oh, sorry to hear that.
0: Uh, now, Ivan, uh, you're on the Midnight Hour international special, so can you tell me what country are you calling from? Uh,
3: well, well uh, America, of course. I'm sorry? America. I, I live in suburb of uh, city you call Cleveland. Uh, yeah, but you, you sound foreign. Uh, yes, I am from Russia, but I live here now. It's America. People's come from all over to, to stay. Uh, Bobajobski, for instance, is no American name, you know, not like Lincoln or, uh, or the Simpsons. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but Ivan, this is supposed to be an
0: international
3: special. I, I can pretend I'm calling from Omsk if you would like.
0: Eric, Eric, how did this happen?
3: You understand the
0: point of tonight's show, don't you? I could speak Russian. You want
3: me to speak Russian?
0: No, no. You, you live in America. This is not a good start.
3: You need new producer. I find you somebody, okay? I can know someone with computers and contacts from St. Petersburg to Vladivostok. You know, I, I
0: might just take you up on that.
3: Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sorry to upset you. I will look around for replacement for this Eric. Uh, I, I shall go. Vedania Bobajomsky.
0: Yeah, that's for Daniel, Ivan. Uh, You know, you said you had an atlas, Eric. All right, onwards and upwards, one would hope. All right, so uh, who's next on line... uh, uh, line... Oh, line one. You're through to Tom Babajomsky on Huron City Radio's Midnight Hour International Special.
4: Bonjour, Tom.
0: Ah, bonjour. I I know that. Uh, Vous parlez français.
4: (gasps) Ah, Tom, vous parlez français aussi
0: Un peu, un petit peu. Uh, comment vous uh, parlez-vous
4: ah, Sylvie, je suis tellement contente d'être en direct avec vous.
0: Uh, et moi aussi, je suis content. Je
4: suis ravie que vous parlez français. Uh,
0: comme je l'ai dit, ça n'est qu'un peu.
4: Mais il n'y a pas tant d'Américains qui apprennent une autre langue, vous savez.
0: Je fais de mon mieux. Je suis
4: très impressionnée. C'est une très belle surprise. D'habitude, je dois parler en anglais tout le temps, même si on me dit que mon anglais n'est Vraiment pas mauvais du tout, mais là, d'apprendre que vous, que vous, sur votre bateau, là, en plein milieu de nulle part, vous parlez français, mais c'est formidable.
0: Euh, euh, oui, oui, euh, elle faisait euh, foire à
4: Non, j'ai, j'ai dit que j'étais impressionné. Euh,
0: merci, merci. Euh, avez-vous des animaux domestiques?
4: Vous ne parlez vraiment qu'un tout petit peu de français, n'est-ce pas?
0: Jean, uh, Rusty.
4: We we really don't have to speak in French, Tom.
0: Well, thank fuck for that. Okay, so uh, so Sylvie, which part of France are you from? The the lavender fields of uh, Provence, the romance of Paris, uh, the glamour of Nice, perhaps?
4: I'm from Quebec.
0: Quebec.
4: Yes, Quebec.
0: As in Quebec, Canada.
4: Is there another Quebec I would be aware of?
0: Jesus Christ, Eric. Canada? Seriously?
4: Well, it is a different country.
0: No, Canada doesn't count. It's the same as here, but with the Queen on banknotes.
4: I'm sorry that you feel that way.
0: Thank you, Sylvie.
4: Wait, what? Really? Is that it?
0: Ciao. Bon voyage. Listen, you have one more chance, Eric. You hear me? One last chance. All right, well, hello, uh, who do we have on line one, and more importantly, where the hell do you live?
1: Good evening, Todd. I am Helena, and I am from Sweden.
0: Uh, that That's not in America, is it? Why, no. Or Canada.
1: No, no, it is in Scandinavia.
0: Okay, j- just checking. Hang on, Skandawattia? Scandinavia is part of Europe. Sweden is in Europe. Well, hella fucking lulia. Sweden yeah
2: Sweden! Yeah,
0: I know, the, the country with the little uh, mermaid statue. Uh,
2: nay,
1: this is Denmark. You know Copenhagen?
0: Uh, oh, oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, Sweden. Oh, you have those lake thingies, the uh, the fjords.
2: You're getting us mixed with Norway.
0: Oh, you wear those wooden clogs?
2: That's the Netherlands. I
0: don't know, chocolate and Nazi gold?
2: Switzerland.
0: Oompa Loompas? What? I don't know. What has Sweden got that I might know of?
2: We gave the world ABBA.
0: Uh, nope. Ikea? Who are they?
1: Björnborg.
0: A robot?
1: Volvo! Hey,
0: no need for that kind of language. Uh, where do you live? Tell me what city you're in. Maybe I've heard of it.
2: I live in Sweden's second largest city, Gothenburg. What?
0: Where Batman lives?
2: Nay, nee, Gothenburg. So we pronounce it Jutta-Burga.
0: Well Why call it Gothenburg then? Well, what else is there in Sweden I may have heard of?
2: Stockholm? Stockholm is the capital city.
0: Ah, Stockholm. Now, I've heard of that. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome, that's where that comes from. Idiot. Yeah, where, where your wrists hurt from being on the computer too much or something, and then they go numb. All right, that's Helena, listeners, uh, listener all the way from Europe. Scandinavro, to be uh, precise. And who knew Batman was from Sweden? Huh. Anyway, who else do we have calling on line, uh, line... Uh, oh, I see line one.
5: Hello, Papa Jobsky. Long time
0: no see. Hello, and who do we have calling the midnight hour?
5: Can't believe I finally caught up with you.
0: Where are you from? You're talking in English, but you do have a funny accent. You know who this is. No, no, I, I, I don't. Although you do sound like the people I knew when I was left off that merchant navy ship, and they, they didn't wait for me.
5: In Docklands.
0: That's right. In the docklands East of... London. London.
5: Charlie. Hello, Tom. Charlie Crabb? Where's my money, Tom? Uh, how, how, how did you find me? The airwaves travel the world, Jobsky. Just like I have. It
0: was a long time ago,
5: Charlie. I gave you your first break. You were lost in the big smoke, and I took you in. Give you a stage to perform. Well, sorta. Of. There were all those strippers, too. A gig's a gig in London, and you repaid me by running off with my money and leaving me an act down. Look, I was homesick. I, I wanted to get back. You owe me 100 grand, Boba Hey, I only borrowed 50 quid. That was a lot of dough back then, and I've been keeping count of the interest.
0: You, uh, you still in London, Charlie? Whitechapel Way? I just want to make sure we're keeping up the international theme.
5: Right now, I'm in a boat sailing on the largest body of fresh water anywhere on the planet. Oh, shit. And through my binoculars, I can see a pathetic little grey boat.
0: Well, there's, there's a lot of little grey ships. Uh, after all, it is the largest body of fresh water anywhere on a the... A
5: little grey boat with lots of tall aerials. The kind suitable for broadcasting. Probably a Canadian station. They do a, a lot of that sort of thing. It looks like it might have recently been in a fire. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm coming for you, Bobby Jobsky. I don't have that sort of money. I want me pound of flesh. No one messes with Charlie Crabb and gets away with it.
0: Charlie, mate, come on, let's, let's have a chinwag over a cup of Rosie Lee.
5: Out here, Boba no one can hear you drown.
0: Hey, well, that was uh, that was a nice little cockney geezer. Uh, moving on. What's that? Oh, we have another call. Quickly, quickly, Eric. All right, who do we have last on the line? It, it, please, please be quick, whoever you are.
3: Thank you for calling back among Pizzas, this is Raymond. Join our Pizza of the Month Club and you'll get the monthly special in your mailbox. This month we have a seafood special with squid, anchovies, tuna, and starfish.
0: Raymond, oh my
3: god, it's happened again. Hey, hey
0: Baba Jowski. how are you, my friend? You know, actually, uh, Raymond, I'm not sure I have time to talk. I, and I know that you're not in another country.
3: Hey, did, did they ever get that pizza out to you, bro? No, no, they did not get me that pizza. Oh, I am so sorry, B. You know what? Let, you know what? let me do it. I'm, I'm going to do it myself, okay? Let me get out to you on the house. Raymond, a pizza is the last thing on my mind right now. No, no, let, let me do it, man. We need to get one out there to you, okay? This is too far. No, I, I got to try and get my boat moving. I'll even put in extra anchovies.
0: I, I got to get moving before this madman comes and feeds me my own bollocks.
3: Uh, uh, wait, what, what, now? No, uh, Raymond, I'm I'm sorry. I, I I'm in a spot of bother right now. Are you sure, B? I can get one out as soon as possible, man. I give you my word, it will get there this time.
0: Uh, you know, it'd be easier to get out of here if I had an engine. Hey, B.
3: You want some extra cheesy wings, huh? My God, what am I going to do? You okay?
0: Oh, jeez. Hell's bells. Oh, uh... Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, God. What's that, Eric? Really? Are you, are you sure? Oh, that, that is good news. So you let the authorities know. What's that? Unless I'm in... Oh, territorial. Okay, thanks, Eric. Whew. Uh, now it's that time of the show where I offer some words of uh, reassurance to a listener in... Tom, Tom,
2: Tom, 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 s- s-
0: <makes noise> Wait, what the? You know what? That's the least of my worries this week. And tonight we have a letter from a Mrs. Alice Lofenbro of Anchor Falls who writes... <clears throat> Dear Tom, just recently I've been having troubles with rats in the attic. This has never been an issue before, but some kind of food source seems to be attracting them, and they simply love venturing up there. My cousin would be the one to ask to take a look, but something seems to be eating him up right now, and I don't want to ask him. Yours concealingly, Alice. Well, Alice, I think you'll be fine, as getting rid of rats is a pretty simple task. Just spend six months traveling the world learning rodent dialects from near and far, and on return, dress up as your favorite teacher from high school and bang a gong to the tune of Edelweiss. Once the first rat appears, simply mention your favorite member of the Harlem Globetrotters, and with a spoonful of sugar, the rats will be leaving your house quicker than you can say. I'm not a pheasant plucker, I'm a pheasant plucker's son, and I'm only plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucking's done. And that should sort out your patic your problem, Attic. <laughs> Attic in particular. (laughs) That's that's good. That's good. Uh, All right. Another top tip next week. And uh, remember, if you have a household problem, write to me, Tom Babajowski, the gray ship, somewhere in Lake. You know what? I actually I've moved. It's uh, Lake uh, Buron. That's right. Uh, That's where I am. Lake Buron, not Lake Huron at all. Should anyone perhaps be looking for me? What, Eric? It's the phone
5: for me. Uh, hello? No one hangs up on Charlie Crabb. Oh,
0: i i I-I no, didn't do that. It,
5: it was Eric. Don't lie, Boba Jopsky. I'm getting closer. Just so you know.
0: Well, well you can't get me. Uh, Eric tells me that I'm in sovereign territory, so if you come aboard, you, you'll be a criminal. Uh, you already are a criminal, but-but look, our police aren't like your coppers, Charlie, with little more than a rubber
5: stick- Your little boat is drifting, Captain Tom. And it's about to move into the only 15,000 square foot of Lake Euron that's designated international waters. Wait, what now? No one will give a monkey's what happens to you out there.
0: Why would anyone want to give me a monkey? Well, Eric, what now? I'm a sitting duck out here. Really? You sure? I mean, you, you were sure about the last time. All right. And now tonight's drama here on the Midnight Hour, the concluding half of Blood Diner. Alright, so Eric, tell me again about the flag.
6: Blood Diner, by Daniel Williams,
0: the second
7: half. I'm Archie, Archie Fruber, reporter at the Huron City Bugler. I'm chasing a big story to get me out of this town and into a big city newspaper. The story involves a group of vampire LARPers, a woman in a strawberry beret named Bella, who is now laying on a slab with holes in her neck, deader than a doornail, with a death certificate from the Grim Reaper himself. I had been hoping to cover a story that involved the Huron City mayor, a butcher, a large wad of cash, and a llama named Lucille, but that story had been handed to Dennis Blaine, senior reporter at The Bugler and all-around Bad Cabbage. It was Blaine who had been trying to put me off my investigation into the vampires of the Blood Sorrow Gathering, or BSG for short. And this made him suspicious as a raccoon in a mask pretending to take out the trash. And when Blaine had destroyed all my photographic evidence of fake vampire ceremonies and the deceased Bella, something was fishier than a pickerel processing plant at the bottom of the lake. Without that evidence, I had to go back to the police and convince them that something was extremely unusual about Bella's death. Look, Lenny, there's a woman dead in Thornberry's morgue with bite marks on her neck who just so happened to be attending the Kooky Vampire Club ceremony the night
0: before. I know you're looking for a story, Archie, but we have to wait for the coroner's report.
7: Someone is trying to cover something up. Something that's as weird and as deadly as a rattlesnake in a sombrero. You know, Blade destroyed all my photographs.
0: Uh, Look, I'm sure it was a mistake. Dennis did come to release you, after all.
7: I'm on to a story, a big story. One involving the death of an innocent young woman caught up with misfits and, and, and monsters so the police will deal with all
0: the suspicious... stuff.
7: You want to see something suspicious? Then let's go to the morgue. What? Now? Yes, now! You need to see that body before it disappears like my photographs. But by the time we got to the morgue, we were already too late. Bella's body had been in cold storage for two nights, but now it was nowhere to be seen. This is all a bit strange. Not if Bella was correct. She warned me about this, that someone could
0: become one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Become a vampire? Well, well, now that you say it out loud... <laughs> well, that could make the paperwork interesting, I guess. The last
7: time I'd seen Bella alive was in the basement of the Stinking Cadaver Cafe and Apothecary. She'd been brought in as an offering for the mysterious Amora Anderson during a ceremony in which the Stinking Cadaver boss, Eddie Spengler, had referred to the dawning of another hundred years of the Blood Sorrow Gathering. Sorry, the, the BSG. Had Bella's body been removed to cover up a role-playing game that had taken a fatal turn? Or had Bella's bite marks been those of the blood-draining variety and had turned her into one of the undead? It had to be the first explanation, as even Huron City couldn't have a real vampire. My head throbbed trying to make sense of it all, but like Detective Lenny Holbin, I had interesting paperwork of my own to contend with. Harvey Scallion Jr., my boss and owner slash editor of the Huron City Bugler, had assigned me the task of looking through the entries of newspapers' biannual Spot the Fish Fly competition. It's a prestigious competition for the newspaper, Fruber. I need the results on my desk before you go. But there's a body gone missing from Thornberry's morgue. That's more important than someone identifying the correct location of a fish fly in a photo. As soon as the police forward me that information, then we'll have a story. Now get back to those entries. And Fruber, just make sure you're not related to the winner. Which is the reason he'd given me this thankless task, and not Dennis Blaine. Blaine's relations riddled Huron City like the mold in an overly ripe blue cheese. I was guessing that one of those veins was the reason Blaine was trying to put me off this BSG story. You deleted my pictures on purpose, Dennis. I told you to stay away from this, Freiber. You're related to every other person in this town. You know something.
8: Arch Archie Archibald, you have me all wrong. While it is true, my family network runs- Runs
7: deeper than the well that's just won the world's deepest well competition. That doesn't mean I'm biased. You can take away my photographs, but you can't take away what I saw in the stinking
8: cadaver and in the morgue. maybe you need your eyes tested. It's not as if you can show anyone what you claim to have seen, is it? There's a body missing from the morgue. And I'm pretty sure I heard Scallion tell you he's waiting to hear from the police. Maybe you should get your ears tested the same time they look at your eyes. And why not get a spelling test too while you're at it? You've already taken one big story away from me, Blaine. You're not taking two in one week. Get back to looking at fish flies, Freeber. That's the only news item you're capable of catching. You know, like a fisherman uses flies to catch things. Oh, and stop angling for a good story when there's none. <laughs> the words, they come
7: so easy, so easy. Neither the police, the morgue, nor the newspaper seemed interested in Bella's missing body. And with my evidence destroyed, I felt like my path down this story was running into a dead end. And joining it was my hope of that big scoop I wanted so badly. I dumped the fish fly results on Scallion's desk, and out of desperation, I followed Blaine after he left work. I knew he was hiding something, and fortunately for me, I didn't have to wait long for something interesting to happen. Instead of going back to his bachelor condo, Blaine had gone into Old Town, the place with, well, the old buildings. I hid while Blaine walked the long driveway to a large Victorian property set back from the road. It looked about as welcoming as an abandoned abattoir at the end of October. The curtains were drawn, despite the sun still being up. Once he'd reached the front door, Blaine furtively looked around before he disappeared into the dark interior. While I waited, I called my former housemate, Tabitha Chocolate, to tell her about Bella's missing body, but like everyone else, she had little interest.
9: You still chasing after this, Archie?
7: Tabby, a body is missing. Blaine is destroying evidence, and you have vampire ceremonies going out in your workplace.
9: And I need this workplace. Eddie's put me on final notice. If you show up here again, I'm as good as
7: unemployed. But you knew Bella, the, the woman in the strawberry beret?
9: Yes, Bella. She was one of our nicer customers, for sure. But if you're planning on attending the Blood Sorrow Gathering again... Uh,
7: The BSG. What? BSG. It's quicker than saying Blood Sorrow Gathering.
9: Fine. If you're planning on attending the uh, BSG again, I'll ram your notebook and pencil where even Sherlock Holmes will never find it.
7: So the vampire freaks are still meeting at the cadaver.
9: Stay away, Archie.
7: As Tabitha hung up, I watched while Blaine exited the building, made his way to his car, and drove off. Once he'd driven out of sight, I walked up the path. No one came when I knocked at the door. I peered through the gap in the curtains, but no lights were on, and what furniture there was looked like items even the Salvation Army would reject. A window around the back was open wide enough for me to lift up and get inside. Using the light from my phone, I looked around. It was clear that no one else had lived here for years, decades, maybe even centuries. I reached what must have been a sitting room, whose only furniture was a chaise lounge with three legs. Lying on the torn upholstery was something that caused my heart to race faster than a homing pigeon needing the bathroom. It was a beret. Bella's Strawberry Red Beret. The same one I'd returned to her at the stinking cadaver on the night she possibly died. But before I could ponder the significance of my discovery, a door creaked open, and up from the basement walked a woman who made the beige towelette house coat she was wearing shine like a ball gown. Hello, R. R. Arthur. Or, should I
6: say, Archie. It was Amora Anderson, her face full moon pale and eyes darker than midnight. I wasn't expecting a visit. Especially from you. I am a lucky lady. What was Dennis Blaine doing here? Dennis? Oh, he was just dropping in to see how I was. Such a good boy is our Dennis.
7: And why would Dennis Blaine be coming to see how you were?
6: Family always looks out for family, Archie. Would you like me to look after you? I
7: knew it. I I knew Blaine had family messed up in this. Messed up in what? What's he hiding? Why is he protecting you and pretending he doesn't know you?
6: Oh, I think you've been jumping to conclusions, believing that anything is being hidden.
7: I wanted to grab Bella's beret and shove it in her face, but Amora was the one doing the grabbing right now. Do I look like the sort of woman who needs protecting? Up close, I could see her unplucked unibrow, but Amora was more interested in looking at my neck. You shouldn't have come here, little boy. (sighs) Amora's mouth opened wide. She was certainly committed to her role play, given how expensive her prosthetic fangs seemed, but as Amora went to bite down, she pulled away before drawing blood. (gasps) No!
6: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Archie. I I can't do this. What? You can't do what? You... you haven't
7: chosen to come here like the others. Like Bella? Did she choose? You're all a bunch of freaks, and living in a place like this is taking the role-playing a bit too far. Not
6: every dark place is filled with evil, just as every house of light is not flowing with virtue. Ugh,
7: stop talking like you're reading
6: a college freshman's fridge magnet. <gasps> And you stop looking for things that are not there. You have nothing to gain. And many people have so much to lose.
7: I'm not listening to someone
6: whose house was
7: last cleaned at the end of the
6: Civil War. I'm trying to help you, Archie before you wade in too deep
7: for your water wings to keep you afloat. And at this, she lunged at me, knocking me backwards into the chase lounge. In the struggle, I grabbed a hold of Bella's beret and made it to the window just in time to let the last rays of sun into the shabby lounge. Please, Archie,
6: for everyone's sake, including yours. Where's Bella and what's her connection to the BSG? The the BS what? The Blood Sorrow Gathering. <sighs> We're calling it that now. Ugh, it's quicker, just trust me. (sighs) If you
7: say so. The BSG is nothing to be scared of, Archie. She moved towards me, fangs bared and eyes burning deep red. I hopped through the window and as the sun dropped faster than an anchor, I ran down the path into my car and sped away. By the time I'd got home, I'd stopped sweating enough to think. Dennis Blaine was an only child with no child of his own, so what part of his extended family was Amora Anderson? It could have been a cousin, even a third cousin, twice removed and then put back again, but Blaine's protests at my investigations, plus Amora's warm words about Blaine left me thinking they were closer. But how? I decided to call on Tabitha and tell her about finding Bella's beret, but before I could dial, there was a knock at the door. Dennis, what are you doing here? Why did you go to get
8: my great-grand- My great-friend's house? Your great gr friends Yes. My great-friend's house. That's
7: what we call each other. I could ask you the same thing, Dennis. Given your great-friend appears to be the fake vampire queen, you know far more about the BSG than you let on. BSG? Blood-sorrow-gathering. Gotcha. Well, you know far more about the BSG than
8: you let on. Please, Archie. You have to stay away. I did you a favor paying your bail. Now you have to return that favor. What are you messed up? it's It's complicated. But you don't understand, and you don't need to understand. Don't tell me what I can and can't understand. I'm a reporter. It's my job to understand things. But not this story. Please, Archie. I'm begging
7: you. Please. I didn't know what was more disturbing, being chased by a vampire or Dennis Blaine kneeling on my floor mat, sobbing into his knees. Considering you destroyed my evidence, I consider us even. Now stop wiping your nose on my pants and get out! I felt confused. Was Amora telling me the truth about being out of my depth? Did I really have no business looking into this story, or was Blaine's pleading nothing more than an act to stop me from uncovering something deadly and despicable in the bowels of Huron City? I held Bella's strawberry beret. What had happened to her? There was something deadly and despicable going on, deadly and despicable enough to get me onto the front page. Amora's pretend fangs had been terrifying, but not as terrifying as imagining myself as old as Dennis Blaine and still spewing out stories for the bugler. I went to call Tabitha again, but a text came through and it was from Bella.
10: Archie, help, exclamation mark. They have me.
7: I started to shake. Was this a text from the dead? Who has got you, question mark?
10: The Blood Sorrow Gathering.
7: The B.S.G., question mark.
10: B.S.G., question mark, question mark.
7: N.M., where are you?
10: Locked in Amora's basement.
7: I saw you in the morgue.
10: Long story, hyphen, I'll explain.
7: Call me, period.
10: I can't, hyphen. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. People will hear. K, hyphen, where
7: did we first meet? Question mark.
10: The Crooked
7: Rook. No one but Bella would have known about our first rendezvous, so I drove as fast as I could, reminding myself never to text on radio again. In the dark, Amora's house looked even scarier, like the kind of place that even local exorcists would avoid. Bella had texted that the house was empty and that the key to the basement was kept in the cookie jar. So I entered through the window once more. Bella, are you there? Archie, oh, I'm so glad it's you. Because of the echo, I couldn't tell if it really was Bella speaking or not. I started to feel very uneasy. B- bella is that you down there? Yes. Hurry, Archie! Please! Uh, I can't see anything! Is there a light down there? It's so dark! There
6: are no lights in here.
7: I don't know how long I'd been out, but when I came to, I was on Amora Anderson's cold basement floor with a sore head and no sign of Bella or anyone. Whoever had locked me down here clearly had something to hide. I'd been led into a trap to keep me out of the way, but out of the way of what? In the dark, lonely basement, I sifted through my thoughts. I had enough evidence for a story, that much was certain. Bella had ended up in the morgue after attending a vampire party that went wrong, and when she vanished from the morgue, no one seemed to care. And where was Bella's body now? Unhinged fanfiction fanatic Amora Anderson was involved in Bella's disappearance, and Anderson was connected to my repulsive colleague Dennis Blaine, and Dennis had threatened and then pleaded with me to stop my investigations into the BSG. I began to fear that the reason I was trapped down here was because of that night. A gathering of the blood-sorrow type was about to go down, and I needed to be there to get my story and find out what happened to Bella. And now you're up to speed on what's been happening, so let's begin with the final act. Fortunately for me, and for the plot, whoever had bumped me on the head had not taken my phone. I couldn't get out of the basement, and I needed help. I've been trapped in a basement! Really?
9: That sounds unfortunate.
7: I need your help, Tabby!
9: Um, I'm sorry, Archie. I'm not able to come. We're really, um, busy tonight. Are there the BSG there? No, no. Tonight, it's the... choose the... Next Fonzie ceremony for the Huron City Happy Day Society. Oh, yes. Can't you hear that rocking and rolling in the background? What? Sorry, gotta go.
7: I knew that particular society had broken up years ago, after their Ralph Melf had broken Potsy Weber's nose in a fight over Joni. Tabitha was acting super suspicious, and I still needed to get out. What do you want, Frieber? I need rescuing from a basement. <laughs> what?
8: You call the police for that kind of thing?
7: I did, but Lenny was ironing. Then
8: call someone else!
7: If you don't come and get me, I won't be able to finish that story about the waffle factory's bright new assembly line uniforms that you wanted on your desk first thing in the morning. (laughs) Okay,
8: okay!
7: After Scallion had let me out, he took off and I drove fast as I could to the stinking cadaver. I knew they'd recognize me, so I avoided the front door and went straight to the side alley. All I could see was a tiny basement window at the foot of the wall. I knelt down and peered in. Not all the room was visible, but I could make out Eddie Spengler, boss of the stinking cadaver, reading from
3: a large book. Welcome back to the Blood Sorrow Gathering. Today is a sacred day, not seen for a century. I started to record the
7: proceedings, and not wanting to lose evidence again, I'd made sure that I was streaming to a sky full of storage
3: clouds. As is the custom, the ancient title Queen of the Gathering will be transferred by way of a sacred offering from the outgoing wearer of the
7: crown. At this point, Amora stepped beside Eddie. Was I about to witness a blood sacrifice right in front of me? And what would her offering be? I moved my head to get a better look and saw Tabitha moving slowly with something in her hands. Surely she was not messed up in all of this, or maybe Tabitha was the offering. I ran to the front entrance. Fearing detection, I shoved Bella's strawberry beret on my head. As disguises went, it was hardly award-winning, but it got me inside, and I headed for the basement. The door was locked, but I had no time to waste. I charged in, and the door buckled, leaving me on the floor, staring up at the participants of the gathering. Hey, fruit!
8: Who let you in? You're supposed to be barred. Fibber, what are you doing here?
7: I could ask you the same thing, but now I know why you were trying to stop me looking into the BSG. BSG? (laughs) It's what Archie calls the Blood Sorrow Gathering now. Quick, take his phone. It's too late, Dennis. All of this is already uploading to the cloud. I have my story, and there's no way you can delete my evidence now. But, but you can't. No, you can't. And just tell me why not, Blaine. Because... uh, because. As Blaine's face filled with tears, Amora stepped forward to put her arm around him. This isn't what you think it is, Archie. Isn't it? I can see for myself. Look at you all, dressed like circus rejects, gathering in a grubby basement. Hey! About to perform some strange ritual that involves some kind of offering? You've got it all wrong. And I won't let Tabitha be the offering like Bella. Offering? What the heck are you talking about, Archie? Eddie spoke of an offering, and and you came forward, so I ran in here to stop it and expose this madness for the world to see. Stop what, exactly? I don't want you to be the offering and end up in the morgue like Bella.
9: I'm not the offering, dumbass. I have the offering. These Mary Jane chocolate brownies.
7: But, but why all the secrecy then? Why tell me the Fonz was being chosen? Why lock me in a basement? To keep your chubby nose out. This is still a newsworthy story, Dennis, and you and your great friend Amora are at the
8: heart of it. Please, Archie, don't. Don't take this story anywhere. You
7: can't let Amora be found out. Found out about what? That she's a freaky Anne Rice fan? Involved in the disappearance of a young woman right here in Huron City? I can't just stand by and pretend I didn't see this. You don't understand. Then explain. Why are you protecting this Nosferatu nutter? Blaine was close to tears, and even I sensed they were real. Amora,
8: Amora is part of my family. She's all I have. But you're related to half the
7: people in here. She's all I have left of
8: immediate family.
7: I knew she was more than just a great friend or whatever the heck it was you said. Yes, Amora, Amora is my is my great grandmother. What, Grant? What did you say,
6: great-grandmother? Yes, Archie, my great-grandmother. I told you Dennis was a good boy. He was just coming to check on his great-grandma.
7: I was in shock. More shock than when as a kid I found out that the Huron City Eel Fairy didn't really deliver my birthday presents. I could see it now. The family resemblance, the unibrow. But but that makes you over a and 20 years
6: old! I do look rather good for my age, but blood does that for you. You are... you're a... uh a, a... Yes, Archie. The V word. A real vampire. Right here in Huron City. Archie, please don't tell the story. But
8: the
7: blood, the drinking, the offerings... They're just... Takes. Okay, but still, the blood and the drinking. I don't kill Archie. The Blood
6: Sorrow Gathering. B.S. Shut up with your B.S.G. Ugh. The Blood Sorrow Gathering is a friendly society. We have people from all over the Great Lakes come to see me. Those obsessed with vampires get to meet a real one. I sign a few autographs, talk about the old days, and I drink a
7: little of their blood. Drink some blood. All willingly given. Willingly? Yes, willingly. That's why, that's why you didn't eat me at your
6: house. Yes, and you don't know how hard that was, my
7: delicious young prince. My head was spinning. I looked around the room. These people certainly weren't afraid, nor did they look like they were waiting for real sacrifices with their brownies. Was this a harmless, yet a quite frankly unbelievable gathering of people? indulging in nothing more than mutually consensual weirdness they almost had me believing it were it not for one missing piece that was bella i held up her strawberry beret even if i were to believe all of this crazy talk i still have a story to be exposed in what happened to bella
10: then why don't you ask me yourself mr fruber and i can tell you all about it
7: I turned around and walking towards me was bella her hair bouncing like golden mattress springs, and her eyes as dark as those Huron City potholes. Bella, you're alive!
10: In a fashion, you could say. But I
7: saw you dead.
10: Dead on the slab. All part of my
6: transformation, Mr. Fruber. Transformation? Bella was one of our willing offerings, but she was special. Bella was the chosen one. The Chosen One? Every hundred years, a new queen is chosen to lead the sorrow Gathering. My time has come to an end, and
7: Bella will reign for the next hundred years. I had more questions than a bumper book of crosswords, but something still didn't add up. But, Bella, you called me to tell me about these vampires, to, to warn me. We met at the cafe. I know,
10: and I'm sorry for all the trouble I caused everyone, but I was scared, Mr. Fruber. It's not every day one chooses to swap this mortal life for an eternal one. My human soul didn't want to give up the future it had planned out, and I panicked.
8: Arch, Archie, Archibald, if you expose this story, then what of all our futures? Amora would be hounded out of Huron City, and I'd be left all alone without my great-grandma,
6: without a real family. And I'd have to leave my house that's been my home for over a century.
10: And my reign would be over before it's really begun.
3: And the meetings of the Blood Sorrow Gathering are the only thing that keeps the stinking cadaver afloat.
9: And without the stinking cadaver, I'd have no job. And I've saved so much that
7: I'm close to buying my ticket out of- Out of, of here on City, yes, yes, I get your point, but what about my ticket out of here? This story is my ticket out of here. I looked around at their sorrowful, pleading faces. I felt like a cruel teacher about to assign an eternity of homework just before the bell rang on the last day of school. Mr. Fruber, I'm sure
10: you can look into your heart and realize there is more at stake than just you here.
8: There's a future for you at the Bugle of Archie. I I can retire early and you can have my position. Maybe. Maybe I'm not so good with the words after
7: all. As Tabitha tried to butter me up with a Mary Jane Brownie, I thought of Blaine's offer. And it was about as tempting as being trapped in a sleeping bag with a flatulent bulldog. I can't, Dennis. I can't do it! I can't stay here! Then do as you must, my prince. I spared you. But, if you're that kind of guy... Not killing me and drinking my blood is the least I expect from people. But even if I didn't owe Amora a favor, there was somebody here that I did owe a favor. Dennis, you released me from my jail, and I'll return the favor by dropping this story. Oh, Arch, Archie Archibald. But you destroyed my photos and videos, all of them, so you still owe me one. Anything, anything you want. How about telling me the location of a llama named Lucille and I'll consider us even. Turns out, the story with the mayor, the traveling Irish butcher, and Lucille was as eye-watering as it was eye-opening. But at first, Scallion was reluctant to go to print. Bruber, if I run this story, I'll have to start running other PROPER stories. But if you don't want to run it, the Anchor Falls Gazette will, along with the details of how editor-owner Harvey Scallion Jr. of the Huron City Bugler tried to hush it all up. Hold the front page, boys! Hold the front page! So, Dennis Blaine is enjoying his canapes with the mayor of Huron City. Tabitha is currently in Tunisia selling Charlie cupcakes. The stinking cadaver is still in business, while Bella and Amora, queen and former queen of the BSG respectively, are drinking blood and signing autographs at each and every gathering. And here I am, in the newsroom of the Daily Tribune, in the big city of the strait, working on the largest circulating newspaper in the kitten state. Oh, gotta go. I can hear my new boss calling. I've gotta go look into a story involving a car manufacturer, an underground baloney farm, and 20 tons of missing 4th of July fireworks. You've been listening to Anson
6: Pavlov as Archie Fruber, Scott Joseph as Dennis Blaine, Leah Gray as Tabitha Chocolate, Jamie Leslie as Bella, Sean Michaels as Harvey Scallion, Aisha Candisha as Amora Anderson, Paul Miller as Detective Lenny Holbin, and Jake Buckley as Eddie Spangler. Blood Diner was written and directed by Daniel Williams. The show was produced by Daniel Williams and Anson Pavlov, with sound editing and music by Anson Pavlov. Blood Diner was recorded at Parallel Studios and is an Albion Fields production for Huron City Radio.
0: Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. I've been out on deck hoisting a flag made out of a bedsheet with ketchup-stained stripes and hand-drawn stars. No sign of another boat out there, but then again, my, my glasses were destroyed in last week's fire, and I, I can see about as well as a bat with a paper bag over its head. Anyway, without further ado and panic, a little look at what's going on in and around Huron City in the Greywater area. Coming up, all weekend sees the Greywater Area Art and Craft Extravaganza in Countback Hander Park, organized by Stepford White Elephant Events. All manner of Elvis velveteen pillows, turned wood ashtrays, glass bead wind chimes, and clock mechanisms attached to flattened copper will be available in a large array of tents, which feel as if they repeat every 30 yards, like some Scooby-Doo cartoon background. Organizers proudly guarantee that every item purchased will end up being donated to the local PTO raffle within three years or your money back. Entrance is free, but you must pay $5 in order to be allowed to leave. And for their next season of shows, local theater company, Willie in the Water, are doing their version of the Merry Wives of Windsor on jet skis. They're hoping to repeat the success of last year's record-breaking Anthony and Cleopatra The scuba folio which was performed from the bottom of Lake Huron. A short talk will be given before each performance for those unfamiliar with Shakespeare. Or plays. Or words and sentences in general. Please bring your own life jacket. And now it's time to take a look at what's going on at the bottom of the lake with our underwater weather girl, Wendy Avalone. Wendy? Well,
1: Tom, it's pretty wet down here tonight. Some bad news just in. Bacteria and virus levels are so high after the recent party on the water that nearly 50 miles of lakeshore along the Kitten State have been closed to the public. Local authorities have added an additional clap cattle clinic to help those selfishly affected, but the wait to see a doctor is very long. Today's lead poisoning numbers are high, Viewing up from tinfoil hat levels to totally batshit. And just now I came across some bogey flip-flops that actually fit me. Back to you,
2: Tom.
0: Well, oh, thank you, Wendy. What a gal. Half dolphin, half roller derby destroyer. And now, a final word from our sponsor.
1: Visit Dracuberg, where every day is Witch Sunday. Come learn how to speak in tongues at St. Samuel's seminar or recite Pope Leo's sermons from memory. Bring your own birch branch and join the parade through the market. And don't forget to pick up some bread soup and speck as you go. Dracuberg, a little bit of Eastern Europe in the Midwest, an hour north of the Kitten's (laughs) Tate. I really need to change my agent.
0: Uh, Those tickets are still available, by the way. Uh, Coming up, the competition winner from last week's competition, an interview with our musical guest, Tom's Poetry Pocket, and hopefully my head, not on a plate. But first, what's that, Eric? What? No, no, you speak to him. Well, he gives me the willies, too. All right, all right. Uh, Charlie? I told you.
5: Hang up on me. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Charlie. And don't think hoisting up a shitty flag will help you. What? You you can see that? Oh dear Lord! No flag's gonna save you now.
0: But but you'll be invading America if you board this
5: ship. See where that'll get you. That's only if your ship's registered to the nation's flag you're flying.
0: What do you mean registered?
5: Yeah, registered. But th- 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 this boat isn't registered. Registered anywhere? I know. I might be a Tom, But I'm not an idiot.
0: No, true, that's that's
5: fair. And I've I've got a little present for you. Mm. F- for me? Got some eels. Heels? Not eels. Eels. What, like, like for shoes? No, eels. Jellied eels.
0: Oh god. Oh those. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Served that pot with liquor. Oh, that green gravy
5: is the same color as my my vomit. But now, you're going to be served up cold. Oh, baby, Jesus. Like revenge. Oh.
0: Now, now of the more pressing matters in life, as if there were anything more pressing than being force-fed a barrel of jellied eels by a, a descendant of Jack the Ripper. Uh, here now is uh, Professor A. V. Moore of Avon Moore University to talk about quantum physics and the nature of reality.
3: Uh, Did you know that the scientific community has recently confirmed the existence of gravitational waves? This means that eventually there will be such a thing. As gravitational wave surfing the cosmos. So that implies that that would come with its own surfer dude culture. So I say we get a jump on it and we go down and to uh, Queen's Beach in Australia, uh, that beach where Patrick Swayze uh, went off today at the end of point break and we learn to catch some sick tubulars.
0: Food for thought, food for thought. And now while I go up on deck to see if this mad limey's really out there, a second song from our musical guest, Valley Main, followed by a pre-recorded interview because apparently Australia has its own time zone. What'll they think of next?
2: dream of anything. I've heard enough. We're both talking about love. It's nice to be on the same page. I like that you don't act your age. Hold your words. I've heard enough. We're both talking about love. It's nice to be on the same page. I like that you don't act.
0: Warm welcome to our wonderful international music guest on our equally wonderful international edition of the Midnight Hour. Hello to Valley, Maine.
11: Uh, hi, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being with us. Now, you're from uh, Australia, is that right?
11: Yeah, yeah.
0: Australia. Now, what part of the UK is that in? <laughs> it, it is in the UK, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, I think my researcher has let me down. Eric? Eric? Oh, that place. I know, the beaches. Uh, the people all talk funny there. All the animals are poisonous. They can kill you. That's where you're from, right?
11: Yeah, and we like go to school um, in kangaroo pouches and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> That's fascinating. Hey, have you ever been bitten by something deadly? Like, I don't know, a snake, a spider? I mean, I bet even the mice have fangs that inject you with venom.
11: <laughs> um, Not by a snake. I have been bitten by a spider. I got bitten on the breast by a spider, and that was pretty shit. <laughs> but, um... Inchmen's? have you ever heard of those inch, inch ants? They're like an inch long and they're just, I hate them. They're everywhere, well, not now, everywhere, everywhere.
0: But. Wait a minute, inch long ants and spiders that bite you on the breast? What kind of a place do you live? <laughs> All right, let's well, let's let's talk about your music now, Valley. It, it's actually, uh, you know, I listen to it, it's pretty good. And, and I should know with some of the tone deaf dross that I've had to put up with here. Now, now, how long have you had that beautiful voice of yours?
11: Um, like I just, I guess I just sang my whole life, but I started um, writing music when I was like sixteen or seventeen, and started playing in pubs when I was eighteen.
0: How do you do that? How do you make up the tunes? I mean, I've tried. I well, I've tried so hard, but everything, everything I write sounds like a John Philip Sousa march gone wrong.
11: <laughs> um, I don't know. It just pops into my head. It's like I don't know. I don't have any technical skills. I don't actually know what I'm doing. It's just something that comes through it just happens
0: now uh valley is it true that when australians play a concert they have to by australian law have an open barbecue or is that just a lazy cliche that i've uh, happily accepted as being fact
11: i think (laughs) maybe
0: (laughs) now what the hell does bogan mean now this is my researcher wanting to know i don't really care if i'm being honest
11: well i think the The well-accepted definition of Bogan would be someone that walks around wearing moccasins and a a blue singlet or a mullet.
0: (coughs) Now, Valley, uh, and, uh, you know, I I believe it's the first time that we've had someone on our show named after an elongated lowland running between uplands. Valley, if you had to play through an oncoming plague, which one would you choose? Frogs, locusts, or fish flies?
11: Well, probably frogs, because they... um, they can sing pretty beautiful songs, I can. I actually sometimes go outside at nighttime, like in the bush after it's been raining and there's frogs in the dams, in the bush. And um, after you like sit there for a while, you can hear the song that they're singing. So I would probably pick frogs.
0: That sounds very brave because I bet that you have deadly stinging varieties of frogs where you are, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> yeah. See, Valley, these are the things that people like to know. Which country in the world would you most like your music to be banned in?
11: Uh, I don't know. America?
0: <laughs> and why would you like to have your music banned in America?
11: I don't know. just seems like this the thing that everyone's doing. Seems like a good...
0: A, a good list to be on, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now, Valley, the world is a big old place, you know. I Back in 89, I found work as a seamstress on a cruise ship along the Rhine, and boy, did those rich Germans know how to party. I spent many a miserable hour darning socks back together and uh, repairing patioes only for the same garments to be in my hamper the next day. You ever had any grueling experiences on an inland European waterway?
11: No, I've never left Australia.
0: Never left Australia, all right. Now, as you know, people... People don't have to visit the land of Aussie to get your music. How would our listeners, since your music has not yet been banned in America, how would our listeners find you if they so wished?
11: Uh, I have my album, The Garden of Valley, on Spotify. And I also have um, my sound, Healing Music, and The Garden of Valley available on my website at um, www.valleymaine.com.
0: What is Spotify? Is that a, a website?
11: Uh, yeah, it's just a music streaming platform. Could
0: could you send me a, a cassette or, or, or a record or something, Valley? I don't have any internet out here on the boat.
11: Uh, I have I have a CD I can send you.
0: <laughs> Eric, do we have a CD? Pl- no, never mind. Thank you once again, Valley, for joining me. Me, Tom Bobajowski on the Midnight Hour. Uh, Valley, have you got a nugget of Australian wisdom for our listeners? Most of them need all the wisdom they can get.
11: If you can't see inside the dark tunnel, you shouldn't stick your finger in it. <laughs>
0: Wow! I think you just blew my mind, Valley. Thank you. Or, or as they say where you are, good day, matey.
11: (laughs) Have a good one. Bye.
0: Shit! 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 Oh God, he's here. Charlie Crab is here. Uh, Hey, there's uh, just time to announce the uh, the winner of last week's competition. Oh my God! He's Jesus Christ. Some kind of a ski boat. Uh, congratulations to uh, a uh, Mr. P. Fogg of Seventh and Vern, who uh, correctly guessed that there are in fact 97,322 hairs on Eric's head.
5: Come in, Boba Jobsky. Your time is up.
0: Oh my God! Another boat. That's a huge yacht. Oh no! You bought your family here, have you, Charlie?
5: I hope you're hungry, Tommy boy. I've got a bucket of eels with me to share with you, and some of them are still squirming. Oh,
3: dear God. Mr. Baba Jomsky! Hey! Baba Jomsky!
0: Raymond? What the?
3: I got you pizza, B! I told you I'd get it here this time, bro!
0: Wait, you own that huge yacht?
3: Nah, it's my dad's. He's
0: driving it. But, Raymond, you, you weren't selling pizza. Oh, never mind. Oi!
3: Call the joke skate Don't think your buddy's going to help Yeah. Hey, hey, I think I'm close enough. I, I could probably just drop it right on the deck.
0: No, 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 it's it's not a pizza that I need right now, Raymond.
3: B, I put extra
0: anchovies on it. Yeah, Raymond, thank you, but uh, do you have any room? <laughs> of
3: course, my dude. All right, tie, tie it onto my boat. Quickly. Oh, sure, sure thing, man. Hey, you want, like a... like a bowline knot, or a half hitch knot, or... What do you think you're doing? From jokes! Hey, you in some kind of... kind of hardship
0: here, bud, or what? There's a mad Englishman who's been out in the midday sun too long about to insert live eels into my orifices. What, the hairy little
3: guy in the speedboat? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the one.
3: <laughs> hey, he's waving! He looks kinda friendly! Hey!
8: You're not getting away from me this
0: time! Hey, rope's good and tight, B. Alright, now, now tell your dad to go! You can't escape the crab! Go, Raymond, go! Hey, you wanna
3: you want wait for your friend, or?
5: Get me the fuck out of here now! You vexed me so much, Boba Jobsky, I don't know what I'm gonna do to you, but it's gonna be effing ghastly, believe
0: me. <laughs> I'm sorry, what are you saying, Charlie? Huh? Where's your pound of flesh now? Huh? I can't hear you. Charlie, can you hear me? Huh? Can you hear me now? Lord Nelson, Winston Churchill, Henry Cooper. The Teletubbies, Maggie Thatcher, your boy took one hell of a beating. <laughs> hey, up yours, King Arthur. Up yours, Harry Fucking Potter. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. You've been listening to the Midnight Hour on Huron City Radio with me, Tom. Still in one piece, Baba Jobski. A big thank you to, well, I guess you'd say one of our callers and a, a huge, huge debt to Raymond and his dad for rescuing me from the clutches of Cockney Doom. Oh, it's backgammon pizza every day of the week at Baba Jobski's from now on, you betcha. Uh, a medium-sized thanks to our sponsor tonight, Draculberg, where every day is, well, very odd, quite frankly. Plus, a big thank you to Valley Main and her music and the terrifying talk of breast-biting spiders. Maybe it's because I'm a Londoner and fought you, Charlie Crab. (laughs) Take me home, Raymond. Take me home.
3: night hour on Huron City Radio with Tom Bobajowski. You have heard the voices of Tom Bobajowski, Jake Buckley, Emily Goggle, Jamie Leslie, and our international guests, Martin Trent, Carol Fitzpatrick, Emma Williams, and music from Valley, Maine. Tom's top tips jingle was sung by Giovanna Greco. The show was created by Daniel Williams and was written by Daniel Williams and Jake Buckley with additional material from Tom Bobajowski, Jamie Leslie, Martin Trent and Marnie Williams. Production and editing are by Daniel Williams. The Midnight Hour is recorded at Parallel Studios and is a Huron City radio show for Albion Fields Productions.